Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered, the podcast that covers anything and everything to do with insurance. Coming up in this episode. There's such an amazing wealth of content available across the web, which is very, very relevant to individuals across our market. It might be a blog or a piece by Wall Street Journal or the World Economic Forum. Now, that's all really interesting stuff that gets lost. And we wanted to build a place that just made it really, really easy to get hold of this great content. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner of the law firm RPC. And in each episode, I'm joined by a guest and we discuss an aspect of the wonderful world of insurance. And this week, we have Alex Hearn and we will be discussing Slipcase, an online curator of insurance news. Alex worked as an insurance broker with Willis for a couple of years before leaving in 2012 to start an online social platform for the insurance profession. In 2015, after receiving an influx of cash from an investor, this platform changed its focus to concentrate on the provision of content. In effect, it became an online library for insurance articles. And this library was called Slipcase, which is what we're going to be discussing today. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you went straight from university um, to start work as a uh, broker at Willis. Um, how did that move come about? And did you have any prior links with insurance or did it all happen as things do, kind of by chance? I sort of left university not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do a sort of face-to-face job. Um, I looked at broking, I looked at shipbroking and insurance broking. My father and my brother work sort of half in the industry and I got a sort of insight through them and thought, actually, this looks like a lot of fun. And yeah, gave it a crack. So joined Willis in 2010. Did you enjoy your two years there? Yeah, it was brilliant. I, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was I think I was really pleasantly surprised actually. I, I I didn't I didn't really know what to expect when I joined, but um, I was part of a broking team, so I was I was in and out of Lloyd's on a day to day basis, and our job was completely on the broking side. So we didn't look after the clients. We got all the slips brought to us. We would then take them into Lloyd's and try and broke renewals and, and new accounts in, uh, to underwriters in Lloyd's and bring them back. So it was, it was pretty dynamic. But I suppose, yeah, I mean, my, my view was I spotted a couple of things that I wanted to sort of look at in more detail as potential projects that I could do uh, separate to my job at Willis. And I just, even though the industry is amazing the way it functions, I was quite surprised by some of the shortfalls, especially in the technology that we were using on a day-to-day basis to get our jobs done. So yeah, that really got my brain ticking early doors on, on potential ideas to, to go off and do my own. Which leads us neatly to Slipcase, which is, um, I, I described as an online library, so I hope that's accurate. As an overview, how would you describe Slipcase? Um, I think in its, in its simplest form, Slipcase is a central content platform for the global commercial and specialty sector of the market. So from a, an individual perspective for brokers, for underwriters, for risk managers, we're a really clear one-stop shop to come and get all the information you might need on a day-to-day basis. So you come to us, you tell us uh, which specialty lines of business that you want to focus on, which interest areas are of interest to you. Um, and we will then funnel through to you all the latest news, insights, thought leadership on areas that are relevant to you. So that, that's, that's from a user side. I think from an organizational side, we've now become a sort of uniquely targeted way of getting an organization's brand and their expertise and their latest news and insights out to the market. Um, so we work with carriers and brokers and service providers who use our platform to say, you know, this is who we are, this is what we specialize in. And if we're investing in producing great content, this is a brilliant platform to then get it in front of the right audiences around the world. 
so yeah that's the sort of the two perspectives and we do all of that through a website www.slipcase.com we also have standalone mobile apps for ios and android devices and we have newsletters that go out throughout the week and we've also built an api product but that effectively enables us to plug information feeds into companies' own internal systems, so intranets or transactional systems, keeping them up to date with relevant content, making sure employees get a view of the best content that's available across the web. Brilliant. And um, for dinosaurs like me, could you talk us through what it actually looks like? So if you could sort of paint in words, visualize what Slipcase is. So, so let, let's say I go onto the website. What, what, what am I going to see? What choices do I have on the website? So let's say you are a, a broker in the market. You come to slipcase.com and you register, you click on register. It's free of charge. We don't charge individuals to sign up. We take a couple of bits of information. So your name, where you work, which, uh, which areas you focus on. You then get to a page that requests some information around what you what information you want. So step one of the content side is specialty lines of business. So you pick from 24, I believe, different specialty lines of business. That's ranging from international property to marine cargo or cyber. The next part are interest areas. So this is you know other parts of the market that you might be interested in. Things like um, I mentioned, you know, insure tech or, or financial results. Uh, or market moves, things that you want to keep an eye on across the market, and you can follow those. The next phase is then organizations. So we work now with around 60 different organizations across the market, and users get an option here to, to follow those individual companies. So they can get all the information that each of these companies produce throughout the week, each week. And then finally, trade media publications. So um, you can follow all of your favorite trade media publications. So once you've done that, you told us exactly what you want to follow. That process usually takes about a minute. It's very, very quick and easy. It then goes straight through to a personalized feed, which is populated immediately with all the latest content based on what your preferences are. And you then have your personal feed that's updated throughout the day uh, that you can come and, you know, you leave a, leave a tab open on your, on your browser um, and it will ticker up to show you that you've got eight new articles in the day that are relevant to you and you can have a quick browse through. Equally, the same sort of idea on a, on a mobile app. You can either sign up, register on a mobile app, or you can log in using your current login and details. We also have a recommended feed, which is sort of top 10 articles from across the industry every day. Um, and then we also have the dedicated pages across the app and the, the, the website. So if you want to get a quick snapshot on what's going on across the cyber market, you can just go to our cyber dedicated page, have a browse through all the latest content around the cyber market. Um, we've also got an events page, a dedicated events page. You can see what, what events are going on across the market. The idea is it's purely focused on information. We are just a one-stop shop to come and get a really clear view on what is going on across the whole market. And uh, the, the one thing I love about it is, um, as you mentioned, I get a daily email um, at the beginning of each day, which lists uh, you know, a good number of articles. And, and because I've told you what the sort of things I'm interested in, they are all articles which are, are relevant. So for this morning, for example, kind of there are some on, on Hurricane Ida. Uh, there was a, an article about Mission Impossible and Sue's uh, insurers, which, uh, which reminds me, I did try to get Tom Cruise on, on this podcast once. <laughs> you got me instead. Sorry, Peter. But I might give him another go now, um, now, now that he's got another, another spat with insurers. Um, and there's, you know, uh, allegations of mishandling of biometric data and whatever. So, so it's a whole array of fascinating articles. And it's just a, a one-stop shop, very easy access to uh, a whole array of, of very interesting uh, information. Um, but before we go on any further, um, you probably ought to explain why it's called slipcase, because not everyone will necessarily be familiar with that term. 
Um, so a slipcase is um, a leather wallet that brokers carry around the Lloyd's market. And it has all of the accounts that that broker is, is broking on that particular day. So um, it will hold all their slips and they'll be taking those slips to different underwriters across the market. And that's what I was carrying around Lloyd's while I was working for Willis for a couple of years. And it made sense to me that just having a, a place with all the information that you needed on a day-to-day basis. I thought that the name made sense. So yeah, that's the sort of the origins behind it. And those, yeah, those slip cases vary from these quite elegant leather wallets to, I remember watching some claims brokers walking around Lloyd's with suitcases, wheelie suitcases full of papers that they would be visiting underwriters with. So it's some sort of holder for paperwork in the Lloyd's market, I would say. And it also explains your, your, your logo as well, which is obviously a, a stylized, a designed as a kind of slip case, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly it is. It's almost as though it's all been thought through, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that comes across. <laughs> and you've already discussed the sort of content that you have on Slipcase. And you've also mentioned where you get your content from. But why do you think it is that people use you to disseminate their articles rather than some other means? And I think, I think in, in, in general, there's such an amazing wealth of content available across the web which is very, very relevant to, to individuals across our, our market and you know, information that helps them be better at what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And what I found when I was at Willis and on a, you know, speaking to people that I met in the market at that time was it's really difficult to get hold of that information without spending a huge amount of time. Um, now, obviously, there's the trade media publications and obviously they're, they're very good at what they do. But beyond that, you know, we noticed that there's just a, a huge variety, whether it be you know, AIG producing content on cyber. It might be a blog or it might be a big white paper that they spend a lot of time and effort producing. Or whether it be an article from Reuters about a cyber attack that happened 10 minutes earlier or a piece by Wall Street Journal or the World Economic Forum on the state of the insurance market or uh, the way that climate change is impacting the insurance market globally. Now, that's all really interesting stuff that gets lost. And we wanted to build a place that just made it really, really easy to get hold of this great content. So our focus in terms of what exactly is on there, our focus is on quality. We only want to provide previews to what we deem are the top articles, the most interesting articles across the web, um, relevant to individuals in the commercial specialty part of the, of the industry. And who reads this content? Presumably you do lots of uh, data and analytics. So kind of, yeah, how many users do you have and, and where are they based? Um, so overall, we've got around 130,000 users around the world and just over 33,000, so 33,400 are now registered subscribers. And that has increased really significantly since the beginning of the first lockdown last year. Um, I think a lot of people in the market relied on conversations to get their information or part of their information. And I think you know, as that dynamic changed, even though people were on Zoom calls, there was less sort of chitter chatter either side of a business conversation and that flow of information was definitely slightly damaged by the pandemic so you know we were in a great position to, to help with that and so yeah in, in terms of geographically we've grown in particular in the us over the last couple of years it's been a real focus of us for growth and we're now up to 40 percent of our regular traffic is from the us market which we're, we're really really proud of and that continues to progress really nicely um but we're getting regular traffic now from a really broad variety of countries around the world. So 
regularly on a monthly basis we're getting traffic from over 100 different countries around the world obviously most of that is focused in you know the major insurance or reinsurance hubs uh, we've grown a lot in asia in recent years in singapore uh, hong kong and, and and various other cities across asia and, and, and that's our ambition is to make sure that we continue to provide information that's relevant to a global audience and uh, what sort of content generates the most activity what, what is it that piques the interest of the insurance world so this is something that we spend a lot of time on on our end and we are you know we obviously tracking on a, on a weekly basis what's getting clicks and what's not getting clicks and it really fluctuates over time and i think it's sort of split into two areas firstly is the sort of you know the topics that are getting most interest and then also which formats are blogs getting particular traction or are white papers you know, trending or do people want to watch a video at the moment or our podcasts, you know, particularly of interest? Obviously, it fluctuates around major industry events. We see you know, storms or cyber attacks or boat sinking, whatever it might be. Um, and there's huge interest from across the market on big topical events, even if it is very specific to a product line, a specialty line of business. But we also find, you know, we get surprised very often around more articles that are much more focused on a specialty line of business that would only really be of interest to someone that focuses on you know, intellectual property or fine art, whatever it might be, can get really significant interest if measured within that sort of subsector of our audience. And um, sort of going back to the beginning of, of all of this, um, you'd only been at Willis for two years uh, when you started up your entrepreneurial career. Uh, was that something that you'd always wanted to do but you know, are you by nature an entrepreneur is this something which actually deep down you always knew that you'd be going off and doing something you know on your own something different something new I definitely felt as though at some point I wanted to do my own thing um through school and university I, I suppose it was a it was a sort of it was an ambition of mine without a doubt but going into the sort of corporate world and and you know the enormity of the insurance and reinsurance industry and I remember thinking you know straight away that I've, I've got a huge amount to learn before I could even dream of doing something like that and I think you know if I'm honest in retrospect I definitely when I did decide to pull the trigger and, and, and leave and start up what was a, you know, originally a social media platform I think I, I definitely had a there was a huge amount of naivety there on what was to come and I think I, I sort of felt like at the time that the concept that I had originally was was so obvious and so simple and so needed that you know it would be an overnight absolutely huge success. So um, I think it was that sort of, you know, you could potentially call it arrogance or definitely naivety that, that made me feel comfortable in, in, in going for it and making the leap. But uh, I learned, then learned very quickly that in order to get traction and to do you know, to, to get this thing rolling and, and working, I had to put an enormous amount of effort into it. Uh, I was based in Starbucks under Lloyd's for the first sort of 18 months, just sitting there all day, every day, meeting people, as many people as I could that I'd met in the Lloyd's market and trying to get as much traction as possible. And it grew, but it definitely didn't do what I was hoping it would do. You know, we were getting people on there, but people weren't coming back as regular as I wanted them to. The sign up started to really slow down uh, and realized that it had to be better it had to be different in order for it to get traction so after about the first year we started to really focus it on information on content and move away from the sort of original social media idea behind it um, it then started to grow quite nicely again and we got our first couple of organizational clients who used us to, to distribute their information and that that 
enabled us to get our first investment. So that was 2014, 2015. We then got a, an investment from a B2B specialist sort of software business. And, uh, and, and you know, year on year since then, we've, we've doubled in size near enough. And, and with the glories of hindsight, what would you have done differently, if anything? Um, I think yeah, along the way, I've, there's definitely been decisions that have been made that, that I've um, regretted in some ways or, or, or wish I hadn't made. I mean, we had a, um, a situation quite early doors. So in, in, when we were looking to get this investment in 2015, we, we, I met with a, a variety of, of, of companies and there was, there was one that really stood out to me that I got on very well with the, the founder of this sort of software business. We got on very well and they agreed to be our investor. So they would build us our, our first sort of bespoke web platform. And, and it all just sort of seemed dreamy, dreamy. And I didn't do a huge amount of research at the time on their business because I was just so sort of bowled over by the whole thing and, and so excited by it. Um, so we paid this, this money up front. And then within a month, the company, the software company that we paid this money to went under effectively. They went into liquidation. So they'd done a little bit of work on, on the project, but the money that we had paid up front was no longer, which was a really, really significant point in, in the sort of story of the business. Because, yeah, that was, that was a, lot, a huge amount of money for us. That was our sort of our cash flow money, not that our costs were, were enormous at the time, but it was a real shock. And actually, one of the other companies that we'd looked at to, to, to partner with um, came in and helped us out, and we did the partnership with them instead. So it actually panned out in retrospect very well. And I'm very pleased that we found the company that we did find. Yeah, I think in the early stages, I made quite a few of those sort of decisions based on emotions and uh, relationships rather than you know, getting into the nitty gritties, looking at the facts and making decisions off that. So um, yeah, there's a few of those. There's a few of those. There's always a few of those, but you say those are the things that people learn from. I mean, overall, I mean, obviously in 2012, what Slipcase is now was not the vision in 2012. That sort of evolved into the vision over time. But has, has the progress of Slipcase been in line with your expectations or, or, or are you actually ahead of where, where you expected to be in 2021? Obviously, in the early stages, I think every entrepreneur, every, everyone that starts a business has enormous expectations of what's going to happen. And, and you think overnight, this is going to be huge and, and you know, I'm not going to have to do very much to, to, to get it there and it's all going to be dandy. Um, and you realize pretty quickly again, you know, after you get going that, that actually <laughs> it's a, it's a very, very difficult thing. So I think if I'm completely honest, those first couple of years, because of the enormous expectations that you have, um, I probably was a bit surprised by the pace that it was developing. But I think over time, definitely my expectations changed as I understood the product more, I understood the market much more, I understood what we needed to do for it to be a good thing. Um, and you know, that definitely shifted my, in my mind, how long this thing might take in order to get it to where I wanted to get it to. So I would say from the moment we got invested in 2015, I've been really delighted with the traction that we've had, not just on the sort of user side and the audience growth, but also sort of growing the business, growing the team, growing the capabilities. So yeah, I think more recently, definitely much happier with the pace things are going now. I think that just really comes down to understanding how these things work more and, and, and not being as cocky and gun ho as I was early doors. <laughs> so so what, what are your plans for the future then? So we've got quite a lot on the go at the moment. So we, we've recently hired a, a data scientist that's really transformed our analytics function. So that is, you know, I mentioned earlier, we host pages for organizations. They distribute their, their brand, their expertise, their thought leadership through our system we can now really clearly communicate the traction of that 
back to them on a monthly or quarterly basis, but in a sort of tailored format. That has been a, a big game changer for us. And we're, we're investing more and more in that side of our business um, to make sure that that continues to grow and develop over time. We've also recently started to look at this sort of user. So we're going through a process at the moment. We're doing a redesign of the landing pages of Slipcase. Um, we're building a sort of dashboard function for when users log in. So there's much more available information on the landing page uh, relevant to the individual, but also featuring big articles, trending articles, big events that are going on across the market, which we're really excited about. So that's in the process of being built as we speak. We're hoping to, to, to launch that onto the live platform later on in the year. And we're also looking into AI, machine learning for the first time to potentially refine and enhance the way that we source information from across the web and make sure that we don't miss anything, which is really exciting. We're sort of midway through that project. We've had some really exciting results in it at the moment. So we're hoping to push something live on that that users will be able to experience in the first part of next year. So yeah, that, that's the sort of real focus on the user side. And we're also in terms of general sort of audience growth, we're really continuing to push out in the US. So that's a real focus for us going forward. And we've done some very exciting things in recent times to expand that out. We're plugging into a number of broking houses to make sure their employees around the world are kept up to date with content that's relevant to them. And we're also looking to hire and open a, a US office, a New York office in the, in the coming months to help expand that out. Wow, that's amazing. And kind of speaking from a kind of purely personal perspective, um, I do a lot of research and uh, I think Slipcase is brilliant for that. So thank you. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a, it, it's a, I look forward to an even better user experience in, in the months to come. That'd be Excellent. great. Um, if people are, are listening to this and thinking, wow, that sounds, that sounds amazing. How do I get a piece of that? Um, how do they connect? Presumably, as you said earlier on, it's as simple as going on your website and registering. Yeah, please do. You know, very, very, very much obviously welcoming people to, to sign up and register and use the platform. And then, you know, let us know what you think. So you can do that at slipcase.com. You can do it on the App Store, either iOS or Android. And yeah, download it, have a play and tell us what you think. We'd, we'd love to hear. And if, even after all of this, Alex, if there are still any doubters as to the, the merits of, of Slipcase, this is your sales pitch chance. <laughs> Why should they use Slipcase? So I suppose two, two elements to it. First one is if there's a producer of, of information out there, why should they distribute it through you? And for your ordinary punter in the insurance world, why should they use Slipcase to get hold of this content? I think from a user perspective, I mean, in its simplest terms, we're just a really clear and simple way of getting information that's relevant to what you're doing every day. So if you want somewhere where you can remove all the noise, get information that's relevant to what you focus on, keep you better informed with things that are relevant to you, help you do your job better, come to Slipcase, register free of charge again, and sign, you know, sign up, pick what's relevant to you, and you will, you'll see through your personal feed, you'll be getting served content that is relevant to what you're focused on on a day-to-day -day basis. So I would say, no, I would say, <laughs> it's a no-brainer for users. There's no cost involved. Just you know, get on there and have a play and, and see what you think. From an organizational perspective, I think now we are, we can very confidently say to companies that we work with or we're looking to work with, this is a, a uniquely targeted way of really clearly showcasing what your business is, what your expertise is, what you specialize in. And then when you do produce, if you produce, when you do produce content that you want to push out to the market, whether it be a press release or whether it be a white paper or a blog, or you've had an employee feature in a third-party publication. If you want to push that out to the market as much as possible, 
you know, all of our client companies are already using Twitter, they're using LinkedIn. We position ourselves as an additional distribution tool that is hyper-targeted to audiences that are relevant to the content that you're producing. Um, and then we also are offering this facility off the back of that for you to measure the traction really clearly. So when it comes to reporting internally and justifying spends, we can build reports that are tailored to your conversations internally, your strategies internally, so that this is as good a fit as it can possibly be. And, uh, and presumably content providers do have to pay. Presumably that's how you make your money. It is, yes, yes. So we charge organisations, carriage brokers, service providers to be represented on the platform. It's a fully managed service. So they, we build the page for them. They, they sign it off. And once it's signed off, we monitor their websites. We have a content management team and they update their page as and when content is produced. And that, again, could be a press release that's been made available on their website. It could be a feature that they've pushed out through one of their social media channels that they want to push out. Um, but it's fully managed on their behalf. It's minimal hassle from a client side. And then you know, at the end of the month or end of the quarter, they, they get the reports through to really clearly show how they're getting them. Brilliant. And if, if someone has content that they want to push out and they need to contact you, then what, do they contact you personally or is, is there an email on the website? Yeah, there's, there's a contact on the website. Please, please do email me directly, alexhern.slipcase.com. We've also got an info at slipcase.com email address. Please do you know, send an email through and we will get back to you straight away if there's anything that we can help with. Brilliant. Alex, that's absolutely wonderful. So the final question, as always, is um, you obviously entered the insurance world and then exited the insurance world, or at least the, the direct insurance world, and entered the, I don't know, para-insurance world. Is that what we call it? I don't know. But um, if, if, if someone else is, is thinking of making that sort of similar leap, um, kind of what, what bit of advice would, would you give them based on, on what you've learned over the last nine years? Wow. So I, I, would, I would very much say that we, you know, again, we are still on our journey. We've, we've come a long way. We're very much still, still pushing forward. Um, so I'll be cautious to offer too much advice. But I would say, I, you know, I, I think the biggest challenge is, 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 is making the leap. You know, and if it is something that you are incredibly confident of and you think it's, it's, it's a goer, and, and if it goes completely pear-shaped, it's not going to ruin your personal life, then I would say go for it. You know, why not? You know, in worst-case scenario, you can always go back to a job. You know, obviously, it's a balance. It depends on where people are at in their lives and what they have to worry about. But, um, but if they can do it in a way that limits that risk, then why not? Brilliant, Alex. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Peter. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and all the best. Thank you so much for listening to Insurance Covered. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and please rate, review and share it. It really does help. Please also listen to another of our podcasts, Taxing Matters, which is hosted by my brilliant colleague, Alice Kemp. Insurance Covered is an RPC production made possible by Joe Burgess and Mary Mitchell. If you want to be a guest on Insurance Covered, please email me at peter.mansfield at rpc.co.uk. Thank you and I hope you have a lovely day.